Not to put you on the spot, sorry. I hadn't really thought about oh, no, the, the order, but I think it just makes sense because you guys have more. Mine's I, more I was a, hoping you would choose the order because, uh, yeah. again, it, it's good that you know what everyone's doing, so that, that's good. Right. Mine's more of a popular approach. You guys have the more technical. invocation before we start sure well let us begin in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen, amen. our father who art in, in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name thy, thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We proclaim our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. <laughs> yeah, we practice. got and we had the battle of the Holy Ghosts versus the Holy Spirit. So yeah, I said ghosts. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think most of us men like ghosts, and most of the women like spirits. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why that would be, but um, I uh, this this week I put this together rather hastily, so I apologize if there are still some typos and and inane things in it. Um, I'm relating the devil's work in abortion. Uh, to uh, God's work in the Holy Sacrament and uh, noticing in both they are both a solution to sinful children. <laughs> well, it, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, but uh, before we begin, I was watching a, a video today of uh, a fellow that I, I think is a tremendous uh, preacher, although he's not a Lutheran, he does a good, good job. And he talked about uh, the evil self in him sometimes coming out. And I, I want to make a disclaimer that I use some forceful language and some descriptive language in my paper that may be offensive to some, but I did it for the effect of what was happening in the devil's desire for having done these things. It's not to put down the person of people who are under the devil's sway, but to understand how the devil has a powerful uh, action within people's lives. And although we should love the person, we should hate the sin and try to redeem them from that sin. So if I spoke rather forcefully in here, it was because I had a friendly audience. I knew I wouldn't have opposition and that I was trying to make the, the point against the devil and not so much about the people that the devil afflicts. So with that, let's go. You can follow along with me. 
As we consider abortion as the devil's sacrament, we must consider what the devil wanted to and did accomplish in successfully tempting our first parents to fall from the image of God. The devil seeks to be God, and in this must have God removed from his relationship with Adam and Eve so that he, the devil, can take God's place. So what God does, the devil seeks to undo. First, he manages to remove God, who is love and life, from man, and eventually reduces man to be in his image, the devil's image, to be himself their God as best he can, which, of course, he ultimately can't. This insatiable yet unfulfillable desire is the mark of the devil and man in, and man in, the, devil's, in the devil's kingdom. In other words, the desire to be God and to, and to have, the, have the most power. If God has a baptism which visibly and publicly shows a person to be in his faith and his child, then the devil must have a baptism that marks people as his children pursuing life after their dark, dark father's image. I would make the case that abortion is, as some in the media have hinted, the devil's sacrament of personal independence and empowerment, which we see his followers religiously defending as their right. After all, we are living in a country that promises freedom of religion, and this is the freedom they claim as theirs religiously. Below is a chart which illustrates the path by which man falls from the image of God. Man is only truly man when he is as he was originally created in the image of God. And on the chart down below, that's the left-hand side. But I'd like to emphasize that last sentence. Man is only truly human when he is as he was created from God and, and therefore in his image. And some, some bullet points about uh, the image of God on that chart. God's love is free and constantly given. So God is love and he freely gives it and constantly uh, extends it to his, his creation. Now, in the image of God, it means that we spiritually reflect God. That means a person in his image has, has the spirit of God reflected in his own spirit so that in his life and everything that he says and does and thinks, it is enlightened by God and his, his, his goodness and love. And so... Part of the image of God is love, humility, gentleness, etc. Those in the image of God are barely self-aware. And you say, why? Well, look at the next point. Because they don't treasure themselves, they treasure God. So your, your heart is where your treasure is. Their heart is with God. And they are generous to others. As God is a giver, man in the image of God is a giver that gives as freely as God gives to him. Now, this love is objective, unchanging, and it is free, and it causes autonomy because God is autonomous in his love. No one forces him to do it. And so man, when he has God's love, loves freely and autonomously, which means his love is as constant as God's. And even when he has enemies and those that reject the love, the love is constant and continues uh, to show forth because God is love. The next point is that this love of God is always judging but never rightly judged. In other words, in the wisdom of God, this love is capable of saying what is good and bad. And when unconverted people or unbelievers judge a Christian or God, they can never do it rightly. They do not have the capacity to do it. <clears throat> And this image of God presently is only in repentant faith in Christ. 
So those who have repentant faith have the image of God beginning to be formed in them. And inasmuch as they are children of God, that image shows forth. They also have flesh. So going back to the reading, when the image of God is lost, as when we are born into our fallen race, God has nevertheless graciously left a shadow, not a spark, but a shadow of his love in the human heart, which is seen in the love and support given by unbelievers to their spouses, children, and country. And so that's not the love of God because they don't acknowledge God and they're cut off from God, but this shadow of love remains even among the unbelievers. This shadow, while holding society together, is satanic still because it is darkness. It cannot confess God, who is the one and only, who is truly love and the source of all love. And so we should see the middle column of the chart below. So in fallen love, and I guess we would say in secular society, love is not a constant gift, but it's more of a social human contract. It's an agreement between people. You have people that you have agreed to love, and you probably have people in your heart that your flesh has agreed never to love again. <laughs> so, so it's a social contract that's made between people. And the, the outline of it is loving what the heart desires, not God, but the Triumph or the Harley-Davidson or the Honda or whatever your favorite brand of motorcycle is. I know you have a favorite brand. You do. <laughs> um, it's respecting others as you want respect, and that's natural law. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Me first, but others as I have a resource. That's the fallen love. Me first, and others as I, as I can uh, give of my excess. Education in this realm is key because reason runs, runs the gamut in this. So um, people that believe in reason say if you, people are evil because they just haven't learned better. And so if we teach them, they, they will be better and society will improve and maybe we'll even have heaven on earth. Untamable beasts are eliminated for the common good. Who are they? They're the crom- criminals and the murderers who do not respect other people but hurt their, own, hurt their own flesh by hurting other people's flesh. And, and uh, in fallen love, they must be eliminated. And so there may be capital punishment for murderers or prison for others. One representative of this that speaks, I think, well, for one of the philosophies that sit on this is Ayn Rand. I, how many of you are familiar with Ayn Rand? And her basic tenet, having come from communism, where everything was controlled and no one had freedom, was that, that and you were forced by the government uh, if you had more to give to the, to the poor. Uh, her reaction to that is that selfishness is virtuous, that if a person works for what he wants, then if he works hard enough, he'll get everything that he wants and have enough to, get to, to, to service others or to love others. So selfishness for Ayn Rand is, is not a virtue, and charity for Ayn Rand is uh, the greatest vice. There you see the nature of love as being basically selfish. If it's for my good, I will love, and if it's not for my good, I will not. Then we've got unreason, or no, we want to go on then uh, in our reading. Uh, God is darkened as man loves the things in creation, not the creator who alone deserves their love. Thus, in good secular society, a spouse or a child is loved instead of God, 
and the lover remains under God's wrath. Such, quote, good people are, still need to be saved from their darkened hearts and turn to God to be enlightened. The shadow of love is the source of reason and natural law. You might want to put a star there. That's an important connection to make. Reason and natural law are the same thing, and they are based on love and, and common consent and contracting, contracts, contracts. Since love that preserves life and opposes death remains in the purview of fallen man, and reason dictates that one shouldn't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. Thus, this dark love preserves man by restraining him from the appetites in his flesh that would turn him or her into a rutting beast, driven without control by the lusts and desires and passions of their fallen flesh. And uh, as you read that sentence, don't look at the news. <laughs> Yet being only darkness, the devil finds a way to lead men further into darkness and ruin and ruin totally their humanity. This is done when man falls from reason and dehumanizes or subjects others to be objects for them to use as they will. Now that's another sterling sentence. We dehumanize when people are not human beings but resources that we can use for our own purposes. Right? Understand that? Does that make sense to you? You're all reasonable people. This is, uh, 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 this is done when man falls from reason and dehumanizes others to be objects for them to use as they will. When man thus dehumanizes his fellow man, he thus dehumanizes himself, since we are all, as God made us, of one flesh. In other words, if I can use another person as an object, then I'm demoting myself, who is the same as my brother, to an object for someone else. The wrong we do to others and the wrong we allow others to do is also our dehumanizing ourselves since we are all the same and of the same flesh. What do you get when a man is totally dehumanized? A man who is as a beast. Confer Daniel 4.33 and Nebuchadnezzar and see the right side of the chart. So what do we mean by unreasoned bestiality? And again, we're leaving reason behind now because reason is natural law and a contract with others to becoming a beast love as my divine love as my divine divinity demands on others love as my divine demand on others i can't even read these days so this is the devil sowing his seed and saying everyone owes love to me and i owe love to nobody love this is consists, as the scripture verse says, lust or appetite of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. Whatever I need, I'm going to get. Like an animal going after his prey. Others must respect me. And here we have the philosophy Nietzsche. Now, he did not play linebacker for the Packers in the 60s. This is the 19th century philosopher who wrote, who wrote uh, and he's one of the most influential philosophers of our time, and he spoke about the will to power. And for him, the people that were great in the world, whether they, good or, whether they were good or evil, were those who knew what they wanted and went after it and, and got it at all costs. I can do what I want to others, that's total dehumanization. Threats opposing me are evil and must be eliminated. 
I answer to no one but myself and those more powerful than me. In other words, if I can have power over anyone, then I'm over them. And I have complete control until I run into someone with more power than me. Pecking order. I would uh, suggest that the best philosophers are Satanists. And I've mentioned here Aleister Crowley and Anton Xander LaVey. And if you look at the footnotes at the bottom, Aleister Crowley, 19th, 20th century, self-named, he called himself the great beast, coined his main tenets as, do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, and who says to me, thou shalt shall be my enemy. And then uh, the uh, Anton Xander LaVey, who died in 97, uh, he's the titular head of the Church of Satan, which means he was the head of the Church of Satan, author of the Satanic Bible, who said, evil should be exercised, not exorcised. Moving on. As we see women marching on Washington to protest the leaked and rumored Supreme Court's ruling. Now, this leak and rumoring, we could spend a lot of time <laughs> talking about. So it's not a ruling. It's, isn't that interesting? But, but this, is, uh, this is what's come out. This Supreme Court ruling to overturn the blasphemous Roe v. Wade uh, ruling, asserting a woman's right to abort unborn children, the devil is manifest in them who was a liar and murderer from the beginning. The devil's image may be hidden in their sinful fornications, committed like dogs in heat for all comers they invite, are nobody's business, though God is forced to see it. And no, I'm not letting the fornicating men off the hook. Though these women do so when they say their fetuses are their own and have nothing to do with the fathers, not a reasoned conclusion. And in this, I'm just sort of encapsulating the last 30 years and the sexual revolution and the, the popular view of sex that our poor young children have been exposed to for all these generations. Um, as a baby boomer, I apologize to all of you for my generation. Going on. Their adamant insistence, even by reason's judgment, shows that they don't respect their own flesh, of which these children God created partake. They dehumanize their own fetus, the man who fathered them, when they, whom they used for their own pleasure, as well as themselves, since they are doing to their own flesh, the children, what they do not want others to do to them. Their assertion of a right to abortion and their pride in having had abortions is a sign of their making a demonic passage from being human to inhuman, lacking even the shadow of God's love, natural affection for their own offspring. They are openly and publicly asserting that they are spawn of the devil, are of his seed, and proud to be so, turning away completely from compassion and care for even the closest of their human kin, and being independent gods who have the right to use other people in any way they see fit, so long as it is their own per, to their own perceived advantage. Do what I will shall be the whole of the law. Thus, abortion is certainly the devil's sacrament and the public sign of his proud and fallen inhuman offspring. They are proud to be in the devil's image. Who says, thou shalt will be my enemy, bans off my body. She is like her father. Now, where the devil's theology and God's agree is that death is the only way to end human evil. God said the wages of sin is death. In the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. The argument is over whom this child has sinned against, making it subject to death. Every baby by original sin deserves death, 
but not because he's a parasite in his host mother. As sinners, parents deserve much more than inconvenience. Rather, the child deserves death because Adam and Eve saw to his being born apart from God in sin. Sin is always against God the Creator. Sinful people don't deserve anything good. So again, for a woman having conceived a child of her own flesh, to say its presence sins against her bodily autonomy is her acting as God, saying her child deserves to die because he sinned against her by his intrusion in her womb. She is thus the God who decides if her child lives or dies. She, a God, not the God, claims the right to say if the child lives or dies. So all agree the child, born or unborn, is sinful, formed in sin, and a transgressor. The disagreement is over who is the transgressed God. Is that God above the woman? Who, as the giver of all life, decides? Or is, it, or is this the woman herself, God? Abortion asserts the latter and dehumanizes both child and mother. She lacks even the shadow of love holding soci secular society together. What should be done with her? Confer center column of the chart, second last tick. It should not be approved. And I'm not saying take her out and stone her. But, the, but if our nation were reasonable and worked by way of reason and natural law, it would just not be acceptable. And if it's not accepted, people might change their minds or try to learn something better or find a better way. Yes? You mentioned Ayn Rand. Uh, reading Ayn Rand and others in commentaries, Basically, they say that a man who's selfish, a person who's selfish, does things for self-interest, and his self-interest is that his customer will buy from him, therefore he must be nice to him. So it's just give and take, again, without God, but with personal self-interest. Yeah. The strength of the devil is, in having taken that cue of mind over the others, he's turned it around and said to people like you and to me, you need to take the vaccine because you're hurting others. Therefore, you're a pariah. I want the best of everybody. You don't. So they turn evil totally around. And in fact, they're the ones that gave us the, uh, the disease. And Aleister Crowley is quite a character. And I think there's some connection between the George W. Bush family and Aleister Crowley. Well, he. Not it, Bush himself, but maybe his wife. I, I know that all of you ha have in a cabinet somewhere in your house the Beatles' Dr. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club band. <laughs> Alistair Crowley's bust is in the picture of all the people gathered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's very influential. All right. Thank you. Uh, and, but, but I, and again, what I wanted to pick up from what you said is that the reversal. Love is giving. It, it, it doesn't ask for anything for itself. It gives. And the opposite of that is a love that says, you have to love me because I'm God. Well, and it also theologically, it's the difference between between our our rebirth, our regeneration, and our flesh. Because our flesh is always selfish. Our, whenever we do something out of self-interest, it's the flesh doing it. And when we do things for the benefit of others and don't care about a, a Thanksgiving or a, any reward, that's that's a sign that God's doing it. Because that's the way God gives, right? 
he gives whether he gets anything out of it or not. Think of all the people Jesus died for that refuse the gift and his blood is wasted on them. But he doesn't begrudge it. He does it. He just loves. He loves. Okay. Though God agrees that death puts an end to sin in sinful humans, he sent his only son to die with us and for us. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that sinners turn from their sin and live. For Christ came not to condemn sinners, but to save them through his death. God wills that sinners acknowledge their sin and despair despair in this, not because they have killed a child or broken a commandment, but because by doing so they denied God, who made the child and who redeemed and saved him in his precious son, Jesus Christ. This is our blessing and the blessing God uh, gives our our sinful, poor, defenseless, ch- defenseless children in baptism and their faith in Christ's promises attached to ba- baptism. As he took their sin and ours upon the cross of his death, he made himself the means of taking our sin, our flesh upon himself, so that all our sinful life from conception to death is borne by him alone with the eternal death it deserves. And in our baptism, God made us his children by putting to death our sinful flesh with Jesus and raising us up again with him unto a new life, struggling in faith here and in perfection in heaven, so that we as his children, born again of water and the Spirit, would not reject his word as did Adam and die, but be restored to God and his image by the Son of God himself. So we bring our damaged, sinful, dying babies to be incorporated into the death and resurrection of Jesus. We do not bear the burden of having sinful, burdensome children alone, but in the strength and power of God and his love. So, through baptismal regeneration and sanctification, we and our children daily die to sin under the cross, painful, not pleasant to, or desired by our sinful fallen flesh, and rise in Christ's righteousness to be God's children forever. The devil in his sacrament of abortion would have children made in the image of God and redeemed to that image in Christ die for him and his evil or reduced to a life of bestial lust. God in Christ dies for us, so we are loved by God, and our sinful flesh replaced with a holy heart, our well-deserved death replaced with life forever with our Heavenly Father. We pray that our nation would turn from faith and trust in science's failing reason which ultimately will save no one, for all will die. And from the further slide into desperate bestiality people experience when they see reason and natural law's failure to, to ultimately help and satisfy them, to despair of all these things. For that is surely God's purpose in allowing our nation to fall to the brink of despair we now sit upon, to repent of our part of the darkness and false faith and find our true humanity in Christ, in whom God and his love dwells bodily, where in him our sinful, prideful, rebellious, self-loving, self-satisfied flesh will and must die, not as a curse or as a punishment, but as a cure that empties us of dependence on ourself or anything in creation, so that thus emptied we might be fit in that despair for the service Christ alone can give us, and that through his service in word and sacrament, he alone becomes our savior, our holiness and goodness, our life, our righteousness, and our eternal love. You are baptized. Be in Christ what you are baptized to be, God's child, 
receiving as your own and giving to others his eternal and infinite love. Don't ever be ashamed of that, but be as proud of Christ and prouder than are those of the devil's baptism who have inherited their dark father's ignorant pride in his independence from God and everything that is good and truly human. We have about five minutes, I think, for discussion, if you want. And this was in Jerusalem, is right? The, right, the right. Valley of Gehenna. Um, I think I have uh, one of my Bible verses. Uh, uh, God says it, that never even entered my mind. But uh, and, and in my article, I noted that you know God, that people these days, they don't. It, it's not a religion. They don't do it so openly. But it's for the same reasons. Right? Why did people sacrifice their sons and daughters? Well, because same reasons today they did they didn't want to care for them uh, and and you know they wanted selfishness they wanted to spend the money on themselves and uh, and so that that is their kind of religion and you know so the response to this is a religious fervor um, when their false right is now being corrected and, and again you, we sort of struggle is that a religion or not but but it, but it is because it is at their very heart and what they consider as the core of what they need. And, and I mean, that's sort of Luther's definition of a God, right? Where, where your heart looks for relief from its trouble and comfort. But it's so unreasonable that burning so your children... It's, it's reasonable in, in the satanic sense that uh, it's, it's selfishness. And, and that is what all, all pagan religions are for, right? You, you create a false god because then you are in control of that god. You can manipulate you flip a god to do what you want. Um, and that's the attraction, the temptation to, to paganism. Gary, you had your hand up and then Ryan. Yeah, um, the thing that I see here is at the core of all of this is a sense of grief. In other words, we want something for ourselves. And in the second society that you illustrate, you're in the middle. Um, what we have is a greed. We get people to do things by buying their their uh, acquiescence to our actions. And you see this in abortion now is, well, I just don't want to spend the money. Like you're saying, I mean, they, they want to have an, an advantage by killing these children. Whereas in the old days with Moloch, they literally believed, it's kind of like uh, Volcano Joe, or Joe, you know, Joe Volcano or something, maybe, where... <laughs> They want to sacrifice a child because they want a blessing from God. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and it's it, it just all boils down to that to that sense of greed. And um, basically, if you look at it, they put us under fear. Now, in the current situations, both I mean, whether it's COVID or whether it's the economy or whether it's food or this that, I mean, they're trolling with constant fear because they want us to get to do things. Because if we do, we don't have the fear anymore. Those want to get something from ourselves. Yeah, and again. Um, when we say these things, we, we, we have some compassion and feeling for those who are tempted to do this and are, are led in that way, right? I mean, uh, even our reason can say, if you were raised by your television, what do you know about parenting kids anyway? 
and so you know we may have a lot in this generation that have no idea what good parenting is because they haven't seen it so you know the one problem exacerbates the other problem but the solution is only in jesus and not in our own solutions that's the problem people looking for their own solutions that never work ron you had one Well, and and you know that uh, again, there's this movie. Is it Unexpected? Um, where a, a lady that was really plugged into the abortion industry and was working for a clinic was was forced because of lack of people to come in and watch one, and she saw on the ultrasound the baby being dissembled, and it just turned. It oh, <laughs> that's what it is. But you're right, and and I think the imaging when people see these things. And, and it's not isolated and just a concept, but they see flesh and blood is involved with these things. It does make a big effect. I think you're right. Well, going to your definition here, you know, lying is the way you dehumanize. I mean, that's the whole point. You can't, I mean, I, what I like about this is, you know, there's, there is truth even that's not revealed, but truth that we as human beings can find. Um, it's not the revealed truth of God. That can only come to us by the scriptures. But we can get to certain truths. This is why Plato and Socrates and all these brilliant men were able to access truths. Um, but it can only, it's got a ceiling to it. Um, but the devil tries to even cover these truths because he hates all truth. Right. So even the truths that are around us, including the truth of life, he's going to cover up with lie. So I like that, the shadow that was left. Kim? The name of the movie was Unplanned. Unplanned, that's right. Unexpected. <laughs> Kimberly's like encyclopedic. <laughs> the older I get, the more I prize your recall. Yes. You said it so adeptly when you said in your statement here that when we take God out of the picture, we we replace God with our human sinful. Or, or the other way of saying it, maybe, is the closer we are to God, the more human we are. And so, you know, the only genuine human that we can look at is Jesus. You know, he was in his person the image of God. Now, you know, Tony, you're, you are also in the image of God, and I thank God for the gifts and the faith that you confess. But you and I aren't perfect, right? We, we still have foibles and sins, so we still need his grace. And we're asking God, uh, as much as he's done for us, to make us better, we and we want that, and 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 that's what Jesus is—the constant giver. And we're like children, you know. Children, when they're learning to walk, they stumble and fall a lot. We Christians stumble and fall a lot, and Heavenly Father picks us up and helps us. And and I can't remember who said it, but someone said the other day, "We're all children of God, and we never stop being children of God. You never get to be His peer." That's Always right. his child. That's right. By the way, the lines are being made with a great niche. Yeah, I know. 